From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Discussing pressing issues. The Aussie Cossack on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Welcome back to the Aussie Cossack Show, Saturday Night Live. And uh, we were rudely interrupted uh, just before the news by an attack by a killer wasp. Now, it's not unusual in Australia to have an encounter with wildlife. And I'm going to call upon our viewers out there to help me identify uh, the origin of uh, this species. Now, I'm going to just show you guys this. This is this is what attacked me during the show. Have a look at this, guys. Does anyone out there know what that looks like? What is that? I have never seen anything like it, and I was born in Australia. I've lived here for 33 years. That is something very, very uh, scary. It looks like some type of a killer wasp. If anyone out there in Australia, if you can identify that, give us a call on 1-800-670-310. While I was uh, interviewing Major McBride, just flew in, and we had a little battle, battle ensured. You would have seen I used uh, this object to uh, swat the, the wasp as it was flying in. Now, this actually, if you look closely, it's got the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs logo on it, and that is actually a Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs pen. So there, how's that for a story on the air on TNT Radio? Uh, Alison from Far North Queensland is someone uh, who's a regular listener and viewer. I love her opinions, and she's joining us now. Alison, Far North Queensland, uh, you've probably seen it all up there from crocodiles to drop bears. What do you think that animal was, that, the, the thing that attacked me just then? I think it was a drone uh, wasp. Yeah. A drone wasp. Was it mustard? Perhaps. Uh, very appropriate that you killed it with your uh, shield there, your Russian shield and there. Yeah. Uh, probably biological warfare, I'd say. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but all, all, all jokes aside, have you ever seen anything like that? I've seen some big cockroaches up here, mate. A lot of very big cockroaches outside, outdoor ones. Yeah. Outdoor ones. Mm. So you think it could have been a cockroach? Well, no, it doesn't look like a cocky. It looks more like a wasp, a flying sort of uh, creature, maybe drone operated. I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, we'll uh, leave it to the experts in the comments section, uh, those people out there listening who can uh, help us identify this species. Maybe we've discovered a new species. Um, you're up in Far North Queensland, so it's hard to uh, surprise you or impress you with uh, a wildlife factor. I mean, you've got crocodiles swimming around uh, where people go swimming at beaches up there where you are, I'm told. That's true. Um, I often get uh, told off for going swimming. Um, usually I say, you know, I didn't see any crocs today. All good. Um, oh, actually, there was one, but he was wearing a COVID mask, so, you know, it was all safe and effective, and he didn't get me. That's what I tell the people on the, to their shock and alarm, you know. <laughs> Have you ever seen a crocodile at a beach? No. Uh, yeah. in, in the Daintree, I have. There's some in the Daintree on the beach, yeah. They're quite sm sl slow moving. They're just sort of basking in the sun on the beach. Um, mm. But, yeah, at sun sundown, not a good time. Or during the river, in the river outlets, there are uh, crocs. I've seen a big one up here in the river. But where I go swimming is nowhere near there, mm -hmm. the river. Not wise. Fair there you go. Well, look, we just finished the conversation with uh, Major McBride. Uh, mm -hmm. Alison, you're a very good um, advocate, not only for Major McBride, for Julian Assange, and I have to say you've always been uh, uh, very good uh, to me as the Aussie Cossack in all of my uh, escapades and um, uh, court uh, appearances and police uh, interactions. So thank you, uh, Alison, for sticking up 
for the uh, Freedom Fighters and the Truth uh, Tellers. Uh, you were down there in Canberra, weren't you, uh, for the uh, trial, I'm told? I was. Very interesting, exhausting week, um, many ups and downs. Um, it seemed quite uh, soon in the piece that uh, the judge made up his mind that he was going to instruct the jury that David did not have any duty to serve anyone other than the king or the sovereign. And there wasn't a wide interpretation of that uh, being uh, for the Austra on, in the interest of the Australian public. The duty was to serve the sovereign and basically interpreted as the minister. Um, so as David said uh, later, um, basically the minister serving the minister means serving the United States. That's oh, that's that's, that's convenient. So, uh, Australia Australia serves the United States, not King Charles. Uh, somehow, I'm not surprised. No, so not surprising, especially with you know the many other cases like you know the Assange case, and we've also don't forget Dan Duggan as well. Dan Duggan's down there, and just uh, on Friday, you know, got another six months in solitary. What's What's the story with Dan Duggan? Let us uh, let us in on that story, please. Tell us. So at the behest of the United States, they've requested Dan Duggan be extradited. He's an Australian citizen, but once did, was an American citizen. However, uh, after he left service in the American Defence Force, he was doing uh, working privately for a, uh, a flight training centre in South Africa. And there were some Chinese people that he trained in that, um, in, in that uh, realm. And so now, uh, I think that was over 10 years ago, uh, all of a sudden, America's saying, oh, this guy wants, you know, trained Chinese pilots, so we want him extradited to the United States. And uh, the Attorney General's cooperating, and he's been in uh, solitary confinement uh, for uh, one year and three months, I think, now, um, in Lithgow Prison. The latest is he just got another six months, no reprieve, and um, in solitary, um, his trial doesn't start. Uh, the extradition hearing doesn't start until May 2024. Um, and the latest on that is also that the Americans have a court ruling from an American court to prevent uh, Dan's wife, Safreen, from selling a property she owns and is half built on the south coast of New South Wales to fund his defence. They've taken a restraining order out um, to prevent her from selling the property in Australia. Amazing, does, amazing. Does that not shock you? It well, should. look, I mean, why is uh, the American government uh, ordering around Australia and Australian citizens? I mean, we've got our own justice system, you would think, with our own uh, legal system. We shouldn't be taking advice from the American government. Isn't that what foreign in interference is? It's the epitome of foreign interference. I mean, the laws under which America wants, seeks him extradited don't pertain in Australia. So there's an equivalency there that, you know, it has to be illegal in Australia to extradite someone to a foreign country um, for, a, you know, a so-called crime. And it's not illegal. What he did is not illegal in Australia. Um, I mean, just recently there were uh, Chinese troops being trained in America. Granted, there were Taiwanese troops, but the American State Department recognised the one China policy. And so therefore there were Chinese troops being trained in America by US forces. So, yeah, there's a, a great uh, great injustice being uh, perpetrated on Australia. You know, they shouldn't have sold the sovereignty to, to America, Australia's sovereignty, and this is what you get when you do that. Very sad to see our country going down uh, the gurgle like that. Uh, there's many uh, people in this country who think that 
a republic is the way to go because the British can't be trusted, the Americans can't be trusted. You know, I've never been a real big fan of a republic. Uh, personally, you know, I've always had a soft spot for the monarchy, being a, a person you know, of uh, a white army, a white Russian descent who were uh, very uh, pro-monarchy and, and who fought the communists during the Russian Revolution for the Tsar. So traditionally, you know, our sort of lineage has always been... Uh, uh, appreciative of the monarchy. But the monarchy of today is not the monarchy of 100 years ago. It's two different things. The monarchy of 100 years ago, it was all about king, country, honour, uh, and there's a bit of patriotism, there's a bit of dignity about it. What are the royal family involved in now? Right? I can't say anything good. Well, you might remember when um, MIA uh, went, to, she's a, um, an art, a singing, singer, a rap singer um, from the UK. Her mother was from Sri Lanka. And she worked for the queen sewing garments as a garment sewer. And so she was being ordered, uh, she was being given one of the honours uh, by the queen for her service. And Mia went along with her mum to uh, receive the order. And Mia put in a word for Julian Assange to the queen. This is when the lady was, wasn't, you know, was still alive, um, the Queen Elizabeth. And uh, the queen said, she said, you know, we need to free Julian Assange, uh, Mia said. And the queen said, well, um, that's a political matter, dear. I can't intervene in political matters. Now, you jump forward to the king, Charles III, going to the WEF and talking about how to rule the world. Um, yeah, he's a totally political beast. And uh, so them saying they can't intervene in political matters is absolute hogwash. Um, and we're suffering, really, still, still under colonialism. Um, we need to get Assange out of uh, prison and... He needs to become the new prime minister or the president of the Australian Republic. That's that's the type of people we need in charge of this country who have the backbone and the balls to stand up to the Americans. That's all it comes down to, in my opinion. This country is doomed unless we sever the umbilical cord with the Americans and the British. And the concept of AUKUS is the epitome of that colonial mentality. That's the new colonial style. $365 billion for submarines that don't exist and won't be built until 2040, 50, or 60. By the time we get to 2040, 2050, 2060, that technology will be so obsolete. I mean, you've already got underwater drones that the North Koreans have and the other countries have. Even the Ukrainians use them against the Russians underwater. They cost like $500 each, and they can take out a whole submarine, which costs, apparently, according to the Americans, $50 billion a pop which of course we know is a complete ripoff and it's not even about purchasing a submarine. It's simply about Australia paying their dues to the schoolyard bully, the biggest kid in the schoolyard, which happens to be the Americans. Now, uh, we think we need to pay somebody. Well, we need to pay either the Americans or the Chinese or the Russians. We've just selected to pay the Americans. And I don't think that that's the best way forward. Firstly, it's dishonest. For, and secondly, it's against our interests. And, we, and then it, it's a signal to the rest of the world that we are... Uh, a victim of bullying. We're not strong enough to look after ourselves. And by doing so, we're sending a signal to everyone, including China. Rather than send a message to China of strength, it's actually sending a message to China of complete weakness, saying that we're so weak, we're so small, that we need to pay our way and we need to ask the Americans to have our back. Now, I understand uh, you know, the sentiment around 1942, the Battle of the Coral Sea, the Americans came in, they helped us, they destroyed the Japanese fleet and so forth. But how did we get to the position of 1942? How did we get to the position of uh, the Brisbane line, the concept of the Brisbane line, where Australian military uh, chief, chiefs 
basically took a map of Australia, drew a line straight through the middle of it and said, well, if the Japanese attack, we'll just abandon Queensland, Northern Territory and the northern half of Western Australia and we'll just retreat southwards and see if the Japs will, you know, be happy to keep half of our country. I mean, what kind of a policy is that? Why did we have to come up with the Brisbane line? Is because our troops at that time, and we did have an army and we did have troops, were busy fighting overseas, defending British trading outposts in the middle of the desert in Tobruk and El Alamein. Very much similar to what's happening now. Instead of worrying about our own interests, instead of defending Australians, Australia's interests at home here in Australia, our brilliant leaders, quote-unquote brilliant, ScoMo and now Albo, were shipping off for the last few years as many weapons as they could get their hands on. Bushmasters, artillery, 777s, M11A2s, shells, ammunition, anything they've got in the stocks lying around, even trailers. How embarrassing. We even sent trailers overseas. I mean, that was hilarious. I found that was just the most funniest thing that the Australian government actually sent trailers to Ukraine. And now... The defense paper report is saying we're we're hopelessly unprepared, undefended, we're open to attack, um, very similar. So history does repeat itself, doesn't it, Alison? And we've um, learned nothing, it appears, from the experiences of 1942. We're still relying, our main strategy is to still rely if uh, the proverbial hits the fan, we're going to put our hand up and say to America, come and save us, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, people of that era uh, look upon America in a different way. Sure, there was um, some sort of uh, uh, association and uh, you know pride, but um, they didn't like that general. Um, who was that general? Doug MacArthur. MacArthur, MacArthur. Yeah. Um, he came into um, Brisbane and set up a, a, his headquarters in a bank, AMP bank building, and uh, fifth floor of which was uh, uh, – a marriage bureau where um, they could steal the wives or the women of um, Brisbane and um, marry them off to troops because, and the men, there were plenty of fights then, you know, the men were brawling in the bars because the Yankees were trying to take over the joint. Um, That was the sentiment then. And now the mafia organization, uh, which is the United States and Joe Biden, as, is basically disarming the whole of the West. Um, the European countries um, had to send all of their weapons to Ukraine and Australia had to clear its decks of even trailers um, <laughs> to send uh, to Ukraine. Uh, and that's, you know, it's basically the military-industrial complex, isn't it? Making money out of all of this, you know? Clear your stocks and you'll have to buy new ones. Just like when the, you know, the Taipan helicopter up here in North Queensland crashed um, off Hamilton Island, disintegrated into thousands of pieces with the pe- with the four uh, uh, Air Force uh, from Horsworthy, um, non-ident, they couldn't be identified. They couldn't um, find the bodies. Very, very, very sad. Our condolences to those servicemen who died aboard that helicopter flight. You know, we've got nothing against uh, any of our diggers. In fact, we've got great support and respect to all of them. But I think, uh, as you will agree, Alison, and as David McBride uh, would confirm by his actions, that it's the government who is constantly throughout the last few decades has been setting up our diggers in all of these precarious situations, putting them through uh, needless, endless wars for no reason. They're coming back with uh, PTSD, injuries, and even worse, and death. So, uh, you know, lest we forget all of the 
men who have died defending this country, but shame on the government for getting our troops, our Australian men involved in causes where they should never have been. You know, yes, the Americans saved us once, but what, we're going to be uh, in debt to them for the rest of our lives, for goodness sake? We'll be back with more. Alison, a local mum from far north Queensland on the Aussie Cossack Saturday Night Live show. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Homeland Security was built with an emphasis of protecting this country. What it's turned into under the Obama years is the targets of terrorists coming into the U.S. after 9-11 were switched. The targets now are the good American people. Anybody that's God-loving or if you go to a school board and you happen to say, hey, I don't want my kids being pushed pornography in the school. This stuff's being pushed on our children and people that went to these school boards and said something they're being targeted by this government this obama the biden government same with the catholic church people that have gone to these uh, abortion clinics and prayed they have been targeted one individual uh, had a, a large family one morning on a saturday morning they attacked his house uh, the fbi and police scammed knocked down his door parted him away and his, his crime was that he was praying at abortion clinics basically that's who's being targeted by this biden obama regime joe hoft on tnt radio the Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the Aussie Cossack Show, live on a Saturday night here. Uh, we were talking with Alison Mason, a local mum from Far North Queensland. One thing I love about speaking with uh, Alison Mason is we can get the opinion of a regular Aussie mum. And that's one thing that this uh, show likes to get across. That's the uh, opinions of regular mums and dads, the taxpayers, the people who are actually bearing the brunt of uh, the government's mismanagement of the economy, of everything that they're stuffing up in this country. And these are the people that need to be listened to and their voices need to be heard. And it's, 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 it's okay also to discuss geopolitics with local mums because their opinion is uh, very valid and makes a lot more sense uh, majority of the time than what uh, Penny Wong, our foreign minister in Albanese, would do. And now, China is absolutely outraged at the Australian government uh, declaring uh, the Australian government of committing a provocation, accusing the Australian government committing a provocation after uh, today a Australian warship sailed through the uh, Taiwan Strait. Uh, in fact, happened uh, uh, in the last 72 hours. Now, this is the same ship, the HMAS uh, Toowoomba, which was uh, sailing through, if you can picture it, the, uh, the thin strip of water in between the Chinese mainland and Taiwan. And at its uh, closest point, it's only 160 kilometers, which in nautical terms is uh, extremely close. Now, that is a very heavily militarized area. There's many Chinese aircraft and uh, exercises happening in that area. The Toowoomba transited uh, through that area, uh, provoking China. 
uh, the Taiwan Ministry of National Defense uh, made a statement uh, on Friday about this and was keeping watch, although they were very uh, brief on the details. They didn't want to name the ship involved. However, an Australian official has confirmed that the Toowoomba frigate transited through the waters of the Taiwan Strait as part of its regional deployment. I mean, what on earth is an Australian frigate doing there? Just a few days ago, the Australians were playing the victim, saying that they were attacked by a Chinese uh, vessel with a sonar uh, sound weapon, which is not even really a weapon. It's just the Chinese were just trying to check what the Australian ship was doing there. The Australian ship, as we know from earlier in this program, uh, was simply claiming, claiming, of course, to be untangling some nets from its propellers. That's why they had divers in the water. And I'm an Australian. I don't, I don't buy that story, and I don't see how the Chinese would. It's come to the very difficult time uh, of relations between Australia and China, even though uh, the United States under Joe Biden uh, and Albanese were trying to make a conscious effort into repairing the relationship with China. Of course, that was all uh, swept aside after one comment from Joe Biden calling uh, Xi Jinping a dictator. Well, uh, the Australians aren't doing anything to help the situation by having these uh the provocations they really are I mean, what on earth is an australian ship doing in one of the most volatile and militarized uh stretches of land uh, stretches of water should i say in between uh two of the most militarized patches of land in between the chinese mainland and taiwan which are armed to the teeth and here we've got an aussie frigate called the toowoomba sailing around allison a mum from far north queensland do you think that this is a good idea that's just abominable, isn't it? It just speaks that, that uh, it sounds to me as if Australian Navy ship was uh, obeying orders from America to do a provocation. Um, they do it. It's obvious. You know, we shouldn't be uh, misled by the lies, that the excuses they provide. I mean, remember when Boris Johnson um, did the provocation before the SMO, uh, sending a... a a naval ship to the Black Sea. You remember that one? Um, so, oh, the special military operation um, was, you know, some special thing. No, they were, they were being provoked the whole time. This is just another one of, you know, don't believe, you know, it says to me, do not believe any of the excuses they give. It's America getting Australia to provoke um, Taiwan, China. And uh, that's, obeying their orders you know it's just ridiculous it's penny like i can remember about a year ago but midway through actually less than that beginning of this year penny wong went to the united kingdom um after the orcas thing was you know done and dusted that was part of the pr trip over there she gave a speech on colonialism and uh james yes cleverly, i remember that one yeah yeah james cleverly her uk counterpart um slapped her down immediately afterwards saying, you know, you're a Chinese chick and I'm a black guy, you know, don't talk about colonial, colonialism when we've reached the highest positions, you know, that we can uh, almost. Um, and she was slapped down. And then he made her wear a helicopter pilot helmet in a cosplay for the, uh, you know, the uh, Ukraine war. Um, and then he bought her a coffee and she did a Twitter, like sort of a home and away Twitter, like, oh, we're best mates, you know. Me and James, we're best mates. No hard feelings, you know. Next coffee's on me. They require Australian politicians 
to do and naval forces and army forces to do the most ridiculous things um for the stupid um american mafia um organization that it is absolutely look penny wong uh, her foreign policy in relation to the indo-pacific is basically an open checkbook policy where all australia can offer is uh, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to any country that will accept it as long as they don't accept Chinese money. I don't, I don't see how that's uh, a notable achievement. I mean, you don't need to be a uh, Rhodes Scholar or uh, an excellent diplomat to be able to hand out free money. Of course, anyone's going to take it. And they still are failing on their uh, attempts to keep the uh, Australian you know, inf sphere of influence uh, over uh, those countries you know the Solomon Islands continues uh its relationship with China and I was warning about this from very long ago if you look to the beginning of the special military operation even before the special military operation started that I said Australia needs to focus on its own backyard now of course Australia uh when it's conducting provocations in China's backyard when it's deploying uh, frigates and ships and uh, the HM, uh, HMAS Brisbane and HMAS Toowoomba uh, you know, named after a city in your state, in fact, in uh, China's backyard. Of course, China is going to reciprocate. I mean, just so we can put it into perspective, for for China, Australia is uh, not an adversary. It's not an opponent. China has more than 1,000 surface ships, right? Australia's lucky to field half a dozen, you know, and, and half a dozen of, half of those half a dozen probably being repaired at any given time, right? Uh, now, we're not in a position to be poking the dragon or poking the bear, if you want to talk about Russia. But Penny Wong, Albanese, and before them, ScoMo and his government are putting this country at risk, putting this country in danger for no benefit to Australia. It's simply following uh, the instructions of the American advisors in the intelligence agencies and the government advice agencies who are uh, pushing Australia um, together uh, with america over the cliff and that's what that's, that's what's going on in every shape way and form it's very unfortunate that we don't have patriots in the australian government who can say no australian vessels shouldn't be entering uh contested waters near china and loitering in china's backyard no australian weapons shouldn't be being sent to israel or ukraine or getting involved in every single conflict i mean what's this urge in canberra to get involved you know what it is it's called virtue signaling it's because these politicians, all they care about is virtue signaling. All they care about is a photo opportunity, making a speech at a press conference and keeping up with the Joneses and then getting invited to a nice White House dinner and being you know, offered an opportunity to speak to Congress and take a photo in the front of the White House you know, and, and be somebody notable. Because in two or three years or in one year, whatever, however long they have left, uh, people like Alba and Penny Wong are going to be absolutely nobody. In fact, they're going to be worse than nobody yeah. because if you're a nobody, you could walk down the street in any Australian suburb, you know, and uh, have a coffee uh, or walk through Woolworths or uh, walk through uh, Bunnings. If you're Penny Wong and Albo, you may never, ever walk down the street ever again in any Australian city, town or suburb, anywhere, whether it be in the city or in the regions, because you will be berated. I'm not saying that in a threatening way. I'm saying that in a factual way. They will need parliamentary protection teams looking after them for the rest of their lives because they've made that many enemies during their tenure, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, they are very unpopular. Um, the, the opinion polls show it. 
and um, the general tenor of uh, the mood in Australia is that they have made us more more unsafe than we ever have been. They have made this country so unsafe. They are tr- they are literally have put a target on us, a bull, you know, and we're just waiting for the for the missiles to come. You know, um, the country is being run by political apparatchiks. We don't have any power to influence our politicians because if they were influenced by our opinions, things would be different. Because they know, they know how we feel. You well, you, uh, you see them getting ratioed on Twitter all the time. There is not one tweet that Albanese or Wong does where they are not ratioed. Absolutely, and then uh, the Dr. Fielding that Professor today announced is leaving Twitter because she's had enough of the fact that uh, it's an unlevel un- un- playing field for her. Uh, they're sulking, they're, they're running like rats from a sinking ship. They don't like Twitter anymore because now all of a sudden uh, Elon Musk has removed all the restrictions and there is free speech and it's an unlevel playing field. You know, they only like it when they can restrict you and they force you to listen to what they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, platforms like Facebook, I refuse to use Facebook and I haven't used it for many, many years. And I think anyone who's still on Facebook needs their head checked. Uh, I mean, I think I've got well, there's 50,000 followers on the Aussie Cossack Facebook page. Then there's an unofficial Facebook page that someone created. There's 60,000 followers there. You know, I've got a large presence there, but I don't use it at all, hands down, because I refuse to engage or contract with that uh, company, Meta. You know, they own WhatsApp. They own Instagram. And uh, I discourage people from using those platforms. Uh, yeah. WhatsApp, I don't use it at all. I just uninstalled it a few years ago. You know, for communication, use Signal, use Telegram. And even then, the government's still monitoring everything. I'm sure they've got ways of observing whatever you're doing. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Tucker Carlson's a good example of that. Tucker Carlson was going to interview Vladimir Putin, and it was being arranged uh, by Anya Parampal, um, Max Blumenthal's wife. He had a, She had a contact there that could set up the interview. And uh, the um, the I think it was the FBI or the NSA rang him and said, don't do it. And he said, do what? And they said, interview Putin. You're not allowed to, you're not to do it. And uh, so they were monitoring his signal calls because he was using signal. So, yeah, nothing safe. But who? why would you give, um, you know, your data to uh, the Zook, the, the robot there? Um, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, it's very concerning, you know, this uh, informational age we live in and uh, uh, AI and the uh, reliance, the, uh, the trust we put in AI. Uh, and the way the government uh, can manipulate uh, the masses uh, with the corporations. You look, you look it's, all the, it's all the corporations that are leaving Twitter, that are leaving X now. Uh, they're leaving in the droves. They're boycotting it because they don't want to be part of something where people are having their you know real human opinions. And just watch my prediction uh, that this, this information uh, bill, which they're presenting, they will, through using the legislation from that bill, they will ban X. They will ban Telegram. Uh, which is important while we have platforms like TNT Radio to keep free speech alive. Um, you may appreciate the fact that TNT is there in the background now, but if you cannot communicate or get news from, let's say, tomorrow the government blocks completely Twitter, Telegram, what are you going to do? We're yeah. going to find news. We're going to listen to opinions and truth and uh, uncensored information. Uh, mm. So uh, it's important that these platforms exist. And against all odds, against uh, the mainstream media, you saw uh, the Lachlan Murdoch travel to visit uh, Kiev, to visit Zelensky a couple of days ago. 
And what was he doing there? You know, they were going to obviously talk about uh, the narrative and how they could shape it, how they could salvage the situation. And this is a bloke that uh, uh, is is actually uh, a dual citizen, uh, like Lachlan Murdoch, uh, meeting with uh, Zelensky. And it's it's you know, I don't think anyone trusts their intentions of these meetings uh, that, that, that they have. And I'd love to know what our listeners uh, think in the comments section below. But Murdoch himself uh, is quite an influential character, uh, Lachlan Murdoch. He owns uh, a whole bunch of um, mainstream media outlets, including The Australian, Sky News, Telegraph, Herald Sun, Foxtel, News.com.au, The Courier Mail, Sunday Telegraph, The Advertiser, and a whole bunch of radio stations, Nova 96.9 FM Radio, Smooth FM Radio, and many more. So these uh, guys, uh, you know, they've got monopolies over the mainstream media. And as soon as someone, even if there's a small player, a new kid on the block, like TNT Radio, pokes up its head, well, they're going to start getting worried. And they'll think of any way to, to stop, to block, to shut down, to shadow ban. Look what they did with me. Uh, and, you know, shame on... Uh, the platforms, the mainstream media, the corporation uh, platforms uh, for their selective approach. And shame on the sheep uh, like Professor Fielding who left Twitter today in uh, in, uh, in disgust or in uh, protest of not being able to broadcast uh, because she just can't hack it. Simply they cannot hack it. Yeah, Victoria is um, a bit of a show pony. Um, over the, the voice uh, referendum and the COVID thing, um, you know, totally inane um uh, her uh, her views are so um, it doesn't surprise me that she's left but i mean she's like a, a julie inman you know the the uh, um the acma head who will be uh deciding who gets banned under the misinformation disinformation bill um julia min grant um member of the wef or speaking at the wef and how we should have we have speech is dangerous we need to control everything you know, and that's the lady who will be deciding um, what Australians get to hear and what they get to say um, through, if the misinformation, disinformation bill goes through. I was around at the time when Lockheed Murdoch first came over from the US to be inculcated into the media franchise over here. Um, he was blooded on the Courier Mail as um, the uh, the editor-in-chief of the Courier Mail. And um, so that's where he got his training wheels shortly before he married the model, Sarah O'Hare. And it became somewhat like a, just a carbon copy of his dad, really. And he's starting to look like him as well, you know. Um, but Murdoch is um, in the business of controlling, uh, getting control. You know, they've shunted other media outlets out of the market. You know, Fairfax, they did deals with the government um, in order to capture, you know, the... the and it still really have not produced a good model for how to make money from online journalism. They just got no clue. Paywalls everywhere with absolute rubbish in the newspaper. I mean, who actually buys the physical newspaper? I'm, I'm guilty. I buy it. I actually subscribe. You know why? I tell you the reason. I have to confess. Uh, <laughs> often uh, his outlets, uh, Murdoch's outlets, the Advertiser, the Courier, the Australian, they often write articles, hit pieces against me. Yeah. So... You know, I want to know what they're saying because I love it. I just love it. Every time they write something, you know, they think I'm going to shy away from it. But I actually pay to get it unlocked 
And then I uh, take the article, screenshot it, and I show my viewers. And I say, have a read of this. This is the latest, the latest lame attempt, futile <laughs> attempt to put a hit piece on me. But I, you know, I, I figure if I pay, you know, 30, 40 bucks, I think it's my wife, uh, um, you know, because I haven't held a bank account in years now. Uh, I just refuse to as another way of protesting the government. Um, so my wife will buy the, uh, you know, subscription to the Australian. And when you when you're looking at all these different outlets, the Age, the Sydney Morning Herald, the Guardian, you know, the, the, sorry, the Guardian doesn't have payroll paywalls. That's the only one or one of them that doesn't. The Daily Mail doesn't have paywalls. But all these other ones that have paywalls, well, if you count it all up and you're doing a monthly subscription, you're looking at two or three hundred bucks a month yeah. just to just to read what they're writing about you. So they've got me on the hook, the bastards. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's understandable. You've got to see what they're saying about you. And the fact that your feature is, you know, like. <laughs> oh, well, this is the thing. Itself. I've been fortunate uh, uh, throughout my uh, short uh, life on this earth. I'm only 33, as you know, uh, to successfully bring three uh, defamation cases against the mainstream media. Um, and although my solicitor instructed me I cannot disclose the outcome of those cases, I am allowed to say I was very pleased with the outcome of those cases, uh, yeah. as you can imagine. Bit of a George Galloway there, eh, Simeon? Oh, well, George you know, Galloway you, you, famously this is the thing. You, 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 uh, you, you, media outlets in uh, the United Kingdom. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, defamation laws in Australia, you, know, you can always uh, – have a crack at defamation and uh, so far uh, three proceedings and a hundred percent strike rate uh, and the media now are much more careful in the way they uh, write uh, against me or about me but some of their some of their um, headlines if you look throughout this year you know Putin's man in Oz you know the Kremlin's uh, uh, number one man in Australia you know Vladimir Putin's proxy army you know, it's it's outrageous, but I love it. It's actually quite entertaining. They know it's all it nonsense. Is. They're taking yeah, the it's, yeah, it's juvenile. But you know, like in essence, you have done Russia a great service, and actually, the people of Australia at the same time, because to hear you know your previous um caller Natasha at the start of the show talking about going over and being a teacher in Russia because you know she couldn't handle the education system here, or nor sending a child to a school here because of you know the work um uh curriculum now um you know it does give people food for thought well there is a better place you know you don't have australia's not what it was once, well okay? no look honestly honestly the, the russian people are they're good people and they're much like the australian people russians and aussies have always got along they both yeah. like to get on the piss let's just face it you know yeah. they're both down to earth they're both fed income they've both got balls they're, they're both reasonable they're both yeah. you know always help a neighbor or help a mate yeah. And uh, they understand each other. And if you look at the Australia that we, you know, that we loved and we grew up in, you know, not the Australia that's become, you know, what it is now under uh, uh, under Albanese and before that under Scomo. You know, it's, it's, it was after John Howard where it really started sort of sliding downhill, right? And you know, although I know, I'm not a huge fan of John Howard, he took away the guns and everything like that. But still, under him, Australia was Australia, wasn't it? It was a different time, yeah. a different era. It was still yeah. that atmosphere of Australia, and there was still yeah. a sense of uh, normality. And well, what there's a sense of what is obscene and what's allowed. Now it's the opposite. What's obscene <laughs> is forced down your throat. What's allowed is shunned as being non-progressive and backward. Yeah. When John Howard was in, we could all agree that he was a wanker. Um, and so, you know, you you had the right to say it. And, you know, people used to enjoy saying it. You know, the little accountant, um, you know, he didn't have a lot of respect. Um, but now it's like, you know, they, they require you to sort of have a sort of a, an obedience 
um, making all these ridiculous laws. One thing about the COVID um, under both the SCOMO and the ALP, um, which really, really annoys me, is that more people did not fight back and more legal actions weren't taken. A lot of people did, and you're, you were actually a prime mover in that, um, the freedom movement, which, you know, all props to you. And the people who are still in Canberra when I went down there, you know, uh, Corey and they've got people in the freedom movement still go to Canberra Parliament every day, protest there every day. They made a new law. They have to be gone by sundown. They actually enacted a law. You have to be gone by sundown. They're still doing it. But no one took an action to save or to help the people stranded overseas that were refused to return to their own country. You could not return australia unless you were vaccinated with you know uh, on alan joyce's plane kind of thing you know it was ridiculous and still to yet to this day one thing i admire about julian assange's lawyer the australian jennifer robertson is she said there should be a legal action taken because it was totally illegal to ban people returning to their sovereign country yeah it's just outrageous to think that that's what we went through and that uh you know good people like natasha quirk whose uh, ancestors have been here since the 1800s the early 1800s had to, you know, 223 years later, she had to leave Australia as a refugee during the lockdowns so she could continue being a teacher and move to Russia. So just, uh, uh, it's a disgrace to the government of the day. And, you know, all the other people out there in this country who suffered at that time, uh, you know, people know what's fair and what's not fair and people understand now. Even a lot of police that I speak to uh, over the years, even though they were forced to enforce these uh, ridiculous mandates, you know, they they knew that it was wrong. And that's why the police recruitment now is at all-time lows. The government cannot pay people to be cops. People are literally offered $30,000 to go and study to be, be policemen, and people are saying no. People do not want to uh, serve the Crown uh, in their uniform under the Liberal and Labor governments uh, because it represents uh, coercion, uh, intimidation, bullying, and all the other terrible things that the government was doing to us using the police force as their attack dogs. Just think back to the days when Gladys Berejiklian was cynically standing at press conferences telling us what to do and what not to do, that we can't go to funerals of loved ones, and same in your state in Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk. Mm. And these people all get nice cushy jobs and golden parachutes and go on then to leave the public service with uh, there's no accountability and there's no uh, retribution, there's no apology, there's no inquiry. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they then go on and they're rewarded by their corporate uh, partners, their friends in the corporate world. They're rewarded by being uh, be given uh, nice million-dollar-a-year executive roles, right? Rather than be punished and rather than face uh, the uh, repercussions to their actions, to the mistakes that they made, not even mistakes, it was intentional narcissism that was going on. It was intentional. It was sick. It wasn't like someone just made a mistake. This was a, a specific uh, uh, way of doing things, which they went on, and uh, that's what we need. We need retribution, and we won't stop broadcasting on TNT Radio until uh, we get some retribution. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Give us a call, 1-800-670-310. Uh, we're going to a quick break and then taking your calls uh, online right now on the Aussie Cossack Saturday Night Live TNT Radio Show. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I've been in and around politics for over 50 years, so it takes a lot to surprise me, much less shock me. But I was shocked, 
shocked, not that so many Argentines voted for Javier Malay, but that the Peronist powers that be allowed him to win the election. And the thing that made me the happiest for my Argentine friends is the video that Malay put out where he went down the row of a magnetic board that had all the Argentine government ministries listed and all the irrelevant ones. Pulled them off the magnetic board over his shoulder. They're gone. No more. That's exactly what we need to have happen here in the United States. We need Donald Trump back in January of 2025 to streamline our government. We need to move the Department of the Interior actually out into the interior. We need to move the Department of Agriculture to where we commit agriculture. And most importantly, we need to defund and disband FBI and distribute its law enforcement functions to other agencies that have their own law enforcement capability already stood up. Can't have Donald Trump back fast enough. I'm glad that Malay is going to make Argentina great again. We need Donald Trump here to make from MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. On a virtual road, you can test the limits of your driving ability to see how fast you can go under the most extreme conditions, like when it's dark, when the weather's bad, or when the unexpected happens. The higher the speed, the harder the impact. But driving isn't a game or a race. When you're on the road, just 10 miles per hour over the limit can mean the difference between life and death. You're responsible for people's lives and your own. Slow down and save lives. Thanks for listening to the Ozzy Cossack on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, speaking of Gladys Berejiklian, uh, speculation uh, this week in the media about whether or not she will be promoted uh, to the CEO role of Optus. Now, that is definitely a multi-million, in, in, if not tens of million dollars a year uh, role. Uh, some have said that uh, it's unlikely that she will become the Optus CEO due to corruption findings. Uh, but the problem is uh, not many people are willing to stand in her way and stop her. However, doubts continue to swirl uh, around uh, the idea of uh, her being uh, the uh, top dog after the CEO of Optus actually resigned on the back of that uh, massive outage in uh, Australia, which affected over 10 million Australians. Uh, being cut out of power. And of course, it's no surprise that the former New South Wales Premier uh, is interested in this role. You know, she is a narcissist. She loves the power. She'd love to be the person in charge of half of the country's communication, or at least half. Uh, then again, it's not Berejiklian um, who will be in charge in the other day, because Optus itself is owned by parent company Singtel. So there you go. Everyone who thought Optus was a Australian you know, mum and dad company, a local company. Well, it's certainly not. It's actually owned by an overseas uh, organisation. There's so many uh, situations here in Australia where there could be foreign influence, but uh, they don't see it that way. They see foreign influence as, you know, a Chinese businessman having yum cha to discuss, you know, a real estate purchase or something. Oh, that's foreign influence. Or, you know, a Russian-Australian Aussie Cossack on YouTube. Oh, that must be foreign influence. Whereas, uh, you know, in the background, uh, you've got foreign companies owning uh, water, power, communications, ports, airports, and there is not a problem at all. Uh, the Optus CEO, Ms. Bayer Rosmarin, uh, resigned uh, after 10 million Australians were left without phone or internet access. 
for more than 12 hours and more than 400,000 businesses were left unable to accept payments. Now, on the day this happened, if you remember, if you've been listening and watching as a consistent uh, regular listener, you, know, you would have heard me say, push for compensation. Everyone, get on the phone. 10 million Aussies need to get on the phone and inundate and bombard Optus for compensation. Not just a apology and not just, uh, you know, 50 bucks off your next phone bill, uh, but uh, put it on them and make them uh, accountable uh, for their mistakes. For some reason, when we make mistakes, we need to pay. I'll give you an example. Years and years ago, uh, when the first iPhones came out, uh, I remember my sister actually, uh, she was young, I mean, nine, ten years old back then, and she uh, uh, had a new iPhone and they put a SIM card in it and there was no internet plan attached to it. So the internet data usage was going up and up and up. And because there was no plan, the data came out to be something like $14,000 for the month, right? And many people would relate to that. You probably had that kind of bill shock where through an error or something like that, uh, you, cop, you cop a bill. And most people go and pay it, right? Never pay the bill. Can't complain, argue, ring them, stand your ground, ask for a money. The problem is when you call these companies like Optus and Telstra, you're not going to be talking to someone in Australia. You're going to be talking to someone in the Philippines or Bangladesh. And that's the other problem with these uh, corporations. They charge you top dollar. They charge you T1 price, but they give you T5 service, you know, lowest of the uh, uh, food chain sort of service. No offense to people in Philippines and Bangladesh, but if you put the if you reverse the roles, it's like if you were a Bangladeshi who couldn't speak English, right, and you call your Bangladeshi company and they transfer you to the Aussie Cossack, and I'm supposed to communicate with you on the phone. How would you feel? Of course, you'd feel very upset when you're trying to, you know, query uh, uh, your phone bill and you're speaking to someone in a third country. Again, an example of exporting jobs which could have been given to Australian students, uh, to Australians who are uh, very happy and willing to take up uh, a job in this country. But the government has actually conditioned many of... Uh, 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 the people in Australia to actually not work. Think back to the days of lockdown. The government was telling you, don't work, stay home, we'll pay you, uh, or work from home, or don't work at all. I mean, why would people work when the government was paying uh, thousands of dollars every fortnight for people to do nothing? Uh, at the same time, importing foreign workers to plug the labour shortages, to plug the labour shortages, not only... Uh, as a result of the fact that people just don't simply want to work because they've been uh, unaccustomed and you know degroomed uh, to work by the government itself, but also because so many vaccinated, um, so should I say, unvaccinated uh, workers, teachers, nurses, healthcare workers, were actually banned from working. And another disgrace of the government that they still have not said sorry or said anything about that. Uh, uh, one day, I hope, uh, we will uh, push through our interests and not lose sight of the prize. You know, there is still retribution to be had. There's compensation to be made. There's compensation to be paid. Um, you know, they're all over the bandwagon. They jump on the bandwagon. They are uh, enjoying and uh, exploiting Australia as much as possible, exploiting the government resources of Australia, sending money overseas, giving away billions of dollars. Five billion dollars they gave to Microsoft. Um, when the Prime Minister Albanese was in uh, the United States a few weeks ago. How about giving $5 billion uh, to Australia for, for a change? How about giving $5 billion to regular Australians? I mean, how much could that do, for example, uh, 
in far north Queensland where you are, Alison? I do a hell of a lot. I was speaking to a serviceman the other day who uh, was stood down because he didn't take the vaccination. And recently the ADF got in touch with him and asked him to come back. Him and a few fellows were ones that wouldn't comply. And uh, he said, well, uh, as long as you sign a document that will that says you will not in the future force uh, me to require any, you know, um, medical procedures and uh, they wouldn't do that. So he won't be going back on the, the matter of um, on the point of um, overseas workers um, in the call centers, etc. It's in Australia now as well. Um, a friend of mine was uh, linking up with one of the government services and had to change their address, um, gave the right address, but a foreign worker in Australia who had been given a job and was semi-literate or perhaps didn't have the proper computer skills, um, put the wrong address in, the wrong number. The, and what a snafu. It took ages for that person to change their actual details online with the government because a foreign person had come in, they they, they weren't that literate and uh, filled in the form wrong electronically. And so there's a lot of problems. It's going to come down on us big time. People will um, really find that you won't have access to services um, in the normal way, the usual way. Um, like Australians have been putting up with for too long now. Um, when I came back from the UK, um, when Palaszczuk closed down the camps, I came back because I wasn't going to um, be forced vaccinated in order to do so. Um, the the uh, When I came back, what was I going to say? Uh, close the camps. Oh, I just lost my train of thought then. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, when I came back, um, I had half an hour. Um, the camps were going to close at six. So I got that, got in at five thirty. Thought I timed it right on the very day, and uh, was met by this brutish, somewhat co uh, customs officer who herded all the people who were unvaccinated into an area and basically started interrogating us as to why, you know, <laughs> why. And I thought, I'm so glad that I did not come back. Over in England, there was a girl and a fellow Australian who was um, on the Assange uh, campaign who wanted me to go and burn my passport outside the Australian High Commission. She said, just burn our passports. We'll never go back. You know, it's just, it was amazing that people complied and that um, even my sister said, you know, she was surprised at how, how, um, how you know, obedient Australians were. We need to get that spirit back, you know, back to the John Howard days, back to the Malcolm Fraser days of, you know, raise it, you know, protesting against these people we need to really drive it home and we need to support people like dan doug and william uh, david mcbride and uh, julian assange don't forget the people who stood up for our, you know for the truth and for the you know the americans are saying you know these aussie guys you know are yapping 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 uh, david mcbride and julian assange they tell the secrets you know that's good that's us we need to continue to do so Absolutely. Well, look, uh, we can't forget about Assange and we need to uh, always remind ourselves and most importantly, the politicians and uh, the media to keep the pressure on and continue uh, putting the pressure on Albanese. Uh, there is uh, not much information uh, available uh, from uh, uh, on the situation with Julian. He's still in prison, but we know, Alison, you and many other volunteers all around Australia have been working tirelessly. Uh, for doing for years, uh, doing what you can, and you know what I wish. I wish one day Julian to be free and for him to be able to meet with people uh, like you, Alison, and others out there, 
who have been in the background, uh, you know, not being paid, not being asked to do so, not being forced to do so, just doing the right thing because that's what Australians do. They look after one another. And it's good that you understand that many others do. And that's a shame on the Australian government, on the Albanese government, that they don't understand uh, the fact that uh, Aussies are all about mateship and sticking up for one another. That's why we stick up for McBride. That's why we stick up for Assange. Uh, stay tuned. Aussie Cossack, Saturday Night Live. <laughs>